The following sermon audio is from The Source Church in Plainfield, Illinois. More information about The Source Church can be found at www.thesourcechurch.life. All right. Uh, good morning, everyone. Um, we are going to read from two sections today. We are going to read from Exodus 20. We're going to read verse 7, and then we're going to hop over to the Gospel of John in chapter 12. Um, so we're going to be reading both sections. If you would stand for the reading of God's Word. All right. So from Exodus 20, verse 7 says, You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless, who takes his name in vain. And then in John 12, uh, verse 27, it says, Now my soul is troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour, but for this purpose I have come to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven, I have glorified it, and I will glorify it again. The crowd that stood there and heard it said that it had thundered. Others said, an angel has spoken to him. Jesus answered, this voice has come for your sake, not mine. Now is the judgment of the world. Now will the ruler of this world be cast out. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. This is the word of our Lord. Well, good morning, church. It is good to be with you guys again. I love you guys. Um, my name's Derek, like Scott said. We've been friends for uh, longer than we would like to admit. Um, we're getting older and my back hurts. Um, bring you greetings from Zionsville Fellowship, which is a weird way to say Zionsville Fellowship says hi. Hi. Um, like Scott said, my wife Lacey and I live in Indianapolis. I work for an organization called Pioneers, um, and we help churches send people name Christ in places where his name is not known. And wouldn't you know that's related to what we'll be learning from God's Word this morning? So, let me pray, and we will get started. Father in heaven, you have told us about yourself. You've told us how you forgive sinners Thank you. Help us to talk about you right. Do that so your name will be honored. And it's because of Christ's name that we ask. Amen. All right, Exodus 20, verse 7. You heard it. Listen to it again. God says, You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Now, here's the part of the sermon that they tell me I'm supposed to tell you what the point of the sermon is. Here's the point of the sermon. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. You got that? You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. I'm going to say that so many times that you will have it memorized by the end of this, by the way. So get yourself ready for that. But that is the point. Now, the public speaking experts also tell me that at this point I'm supposed to tell you, like, convince you why that's important to you. But uh, the way I see it is, is, look, this is a direct command from God to you. So like, I don't think I need to convince you that it's relevant. It's, it's, it's relevant. God said it to you, something to do. On the other hand, if you're like me, you've got some questions. 
And so that's what we'll be doing in our time this morning. We'll be exploring four questions, all right? First, what did God mean? All right, what did God mean? Second, what did Israel do? All right, what did Israel do? Third, what about Jesus? All right, what about Jesus? And fourth, what about us? All right, what about us? So first question, what did God mean? All right, or what does this mean? Well, don't, don't take God's name in vain. Maybe something you've heard a lot. And let me, let me give you the, the cheater answer before we go on. The cheater answer is talk about God right. We're in the, we're in the Ten Commandments. First commandment, worship the right God. Second commandment, worship God right. Third commandment, talk about God right. All right? That said, though, don't take God's name in vain might be something you've heard a lot. And when we hear something a lot, we tend to assume we know what it means, and we tend not to really think about it. Like, for example, many of you have heard the expression, well, this won't cut the mustard. What won't cut mustard? Why are we cutting mustard? Like, you could literally use a Q-tip and cut, what is happening? Or, this is even a better one, don't let the cat out of the bag. Why is there a cat in a bag? How did you get the cat into the bag? What, what was your plan? So we hear these phrases repeated, and we, we don't really think about them. And, and you may have heard, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain a lot. But it's a weird expression, all right? I've got questions. What did God mean by his name? He calls himself a lot of things. And he didn't say not to say it in a certain way. He said not to take it in vain. What does that mean? What, what does it mean to take it? Like, take it from where? Take it from whom? The saying the phrase, OMG, break this commandment. Okay, spoiler alert. Yes, it also makes you sound like a 13-year-old girl, so don't say it. But let's answer this question. God said... You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. All right, what does that mean? What does God mean? Well, God's name means any speech about God. It means any representation about God. So, for example, Hagar was in the desert. She'd just been kicked out of her home, her and her son, and she was starving to death. She thought she was going to die. God rescued her. God gave her food. God gave her water. God saved her son. And then in Genesis 16, it says this, She called the name of the Lord who spoke to her, You are a God of seeing. So Hagar gave a name to God. Not like we think of a name. Not like Larry. Naming God means that she said something about God. Right? She spoke about God's glory. She spoke about God's actions. Moses was having doubts about God. So God told him that he would proclaim his own name to Moses. God said, I will make all my goodness pass before you and will proclaim before you my name, the Lord, and I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious and will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. So God proclaimed verbally his name to Moses, but it wasn't just the word, the Lord. He proclaimed that he forgives sins, and he proclaimed that he punishes sins. He said he's gracious 
and he's truthful. God proclaiming his name means that he said things about himself. God's name is what he's like and what he does. So what did God mean by his name? Well, he meant words about him. Talk that has to do with him. All the stuff that God did and said is his name. It's his glory. You could say it's everything that the Bible says. It's God's revelation. That's what God's name is. And so when God says, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, he's talking about everything that he said or that he's done. Not just the words God or Jesus. Though also, yeah, obviously. But what does it mean to take God's name? Does it mean the way that you're some of you men are trying to take a mint from your wife's purse right now? It's okay. Some of you might need it. Go ahead and do that. Um, to take God's name does mean to say it. So, for example, in Psalm 16, uh, David says that he won't take the names of false gods on his lips, which, which means that he won't talk about them. He won't say their names. So to talk about God's name can mean to just speak about what God has said or done. But the word take means something like to carry, right? He didn't just say say. So, for example, the Jewish priests had the names of the tribes of Israel written on their aprons, right? And God told them that they were to continuously take their names into God's presence. So by having their names on their aprons, they were carrying, they were taking the name of Israel before God. They weren't even speaking. They were just representing the people. So taking a name can mean to represent a person or a group of people. So let me summarize this. To take God's name is to talk about anything that God has said or done and to represent him, including in your behavior. It's, it's okay if that's a, still a little fuzzy. We'll crystallize it in a moment. Let's talk about the full command. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. In vain means in a useless way, like it's not holy, like it's not really God's name. So here's an example. Deuteronomy 18, the prophet who presumes to speak a word in my name that I have not commanded him to speak, or who speaks in the name of other gods, that same prophet shall die. Why shall that prophet die? He's, he's taken the name of the Lord in vain. So if someone claims to speak for God and then says stuff that God doesn't say, that's bad. That's taking his name in vain. So, for example, teenage boy says to teenage girl, hey, God told me that we're supposed to date. No. You think she's hot and you maybe had too much Taco Bell before bed. And you're also taking God's name in vain. Or, to make it a little bit worse, God's okay with my divorce because I'm just not feeling it in my marriage. Misrepresenting God's word as commandments. It's taking his name in vain. And so we, we could talk wrong 
about God, not just use the word God wrong, but we could talk wrong about God and misrepresent him. That's also taking his name in vain. So like, look, every, every time one of us who says that we worship the true God disobeys God in front of other people, we're also taking his name in vain. So say you're at work. People know you go to church. People know that you name Christ, but you gossip. You're taking God's name in vain. Same thing. If you badmouth people in front of other people and, and people know you're a Christian, you're taking God's name in vain. If you're a Christian, but you don't really care about what God commands, you are taking God's name in vain. If you're doing mental jujitsu to get out of what God commands, you're taking God's name in vain. Why? It's because when we do that, we're representing God like he's really nothing to us. Like he's not really God. Like he's not real. Like he doesn't see or hear. Like he's not worthy of our worship. Like he's not worthy of our, our obedience. Like we're smarter than he is. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. In other words, do not talk about him wrong. Do not represent him wrong. Or just don't misrepresent God. Because if we do, then finish the verse, the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. God will punish. Exodus 34, God will by no means clear the guilty. To take God's name in vain means to represent God incorrectly in how we talk or how we behave. Question one was, what, is, what does God mean he means you shouldn't talk about God in ways that he doesn't. We should not misrepresent God in any way at all. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Question two, all right? That was question one. Question two is what did Israel do? All right, what did Israel do? Now, remember, this is God's law, and in this context, it was God's law delivered to the nation of Israel. Um, so, what did Israel do? Oh, they messed up. Question three. I'm just kidding. I got a little more on there. All right, so they, they did take the name of the Lord our God in vain. So, for example, some, some Jews became preachers, and Israel listened to them. Jeremiah 6.14 says this about those preachers. They have healed the wound of my people lightly, saying, peace, peace, when there is no peace. Israel liked preachers who didn't confront them about their sin. They just wanted to hear about how God unconditionally loved them. In other words, they wanted to hear a half-truth and a half-lie about God. And they did this in God's name. They treated God like he's unholy, and God didn't hold them guiltless. What about Israel in general, outside of these preachers? Did they speak about God rightly? Well, pretty soon after God gave Israel this law, it says this in Numbers 11, the, the people of Israel also wept again and said, Oh, that we had meat to eat. We remember the fish we ate Egypt, in Egypt that cost nothing, the cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, the onions, and the garlic. Israel complained. And they were basically saying that like, God is not treating us as well as Pharaoh did when we were slaves. They were bad-mouthing God's decisions. God gave them meat, 
Numbers 11 says this, and, and while the meat was yet between their teeth before it was consumed, the anger of the Lord was kindled against the people, and the Lord struck down the people with a very great plague. Israel spoke ill of God's actions by complaining. They didn't even have to use the word God. Let's beware of misrepresenting God like they did. Here's another example of, of misusing God's name. There's a dude named Eli. He was a priest. There was a woman named Hannah who was infertile. She couldn't have kids, and she was in the temple. She was pouring her heart out. She was weeping before God, and Eli came and, and comforted her. Seemed like a nice guy. Years later, she had a son, and Eli, the priest, actually raised Hannah's son. Again, seems like a good, decent guy. Eli's sons were also priests, and so all these, all these men bore God's name. They were God's representatives. And they were eating the sacrifices that were meant for God. Now, Eli didn't do nothing, right? He, he actually did rebuke his sons, but he didn't stop them. And so God said to Eli through a prophet, 1 Samuel 2, Why then do you scorn my sacrifices and my offerings that I commanded and honor your sons above me? Eli and his sons represented God, but without fear, without reverence. And they took his name in vain. So God used an invading army to cut off Eli's line forever. God summarized to Israel this in Romans chapter 2. The name of God is blasphemed among the nations because of you. Israel broke God's laws, and the surrounding nations knew it. They profaned God's name. They took it in vain. Israel was told explicitly, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for God will not hold him guiltless, he who takes his name in vain. But they spoke carelessly about God like God was just another person to talk about, joke about. They acted like his words were something other than the very words of God. And Israel's unclean lips paid the price. The Lord did hold them guilty. They were starved. They were slaughtered. They were removed from their homes. They were chained up and taken away as slaves. So question two, what did Israel do? Well, they did misrepresent God. They did use his name in vain, like he's not holy. And 1 Corinthians 10 tells us that we should take this as a warning. So let's be very, very aware to not take God's name in vain. All right, that was question two. What did Israel do? Question three, what about Jesus? Everybody can breathe a good sigh of relief here. What about Jesus? Well, Israel spoke about God without reverence. Israel didn't represent God as holy, but Jesus did. He did perfectly. He did all the time. He did every minute of every day. Jesus bore the name of God. He showed the glory of God. He spoke the name of God. He is the name of God. John 1, the, the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory. Glory is of the only Son from the Father. No one has ever seen God, the only God, who is at the Father's side, he has made him known. Jesus is the name of the Father, his very glory. Everything God is, Jesus is. So Jesus 
said that everything the Father does, he also does. Everything. The Father is God, and everything that he does represents his name, and so the Son is also God, and everything that he does glorifies his name. John 5, whatever the Father does, that the Son does likewise, for the Father loves the Son and shows him all that he himself is doing. Jesus said to God the Father, I have made known to them your name. Jesus spoke about God all the time, with reverence, with fear, with love, with adoration. Jesus never took the name of the Lord in vain. Can you imagine being with Jesus, traveling with him, hearing him talk about God, his words always dripping with worship and saturated with love and devotion, his behavior always matching his words? And what was the ultimate result of that? Jesus glorified the name of God in his death. He gave himself to death to spread God's name, to spread God's word so people would know God. So that, listen, so that you would know God. So that you would know his name. On his way to die for us, Jesus said this, Now is my soul troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour, but for this purpose I have come to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Listen how Jesus prayed. Father, spread your word. Make yourself known. Glorify your name. That's why Jesus went to die. That's what Jesus did. And Jesus, by doing that, earned the name of God for himself. He earned the name Lord. Jesus was murdered because he always publicly spoke the word of God with reverence and awe, and that's why the world killed him, and that's why God raised him. Philippians 2, Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord to the glory of God the Father. Jesus spoke God's name all the time. He died for God's name. He praised God's name so much that they killed him. He never took God's name in vain. And so people hated him, but God raised him. And the next time the world sees Jesus, it will be announced with a name. The Lord, the I am, Yahweh, the only true God. The next time the world hears Jesus speak, everyone, everywhere, will fall to their knees before him. All will hear, all will confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord. Question three. So what about Jesus? He didn't take God's name in vain. He glorified it. And he will glorify him forever. All right, question four. So we've hit a lot about uh, knowledge stuff. Well, what about us? All right, what do we do with this? What about us? We've talked about what the command means. We've talked about what Israel did with it. Summary, bad. We've talked about what Jesus did with it. Summary, good. So what about us? I'm, I'm going to give you 
a bunch of things to do, all right? And I suggest that you take note of like one or two things, you know? You can write it down if you want, or you can put a note in your phone if you want. If you play Candy Crush, that's fine. I'm not going to yell at you. Um, but my suggestion is that you take note of one or two and say, all right, I'm going to start this today. All right? So here we go. Application one, believe in Jesus' name. Look, coming to church doesn't save you. Spirituality doesn't save you. Reading the Bible doesn't save you. Praying doesn't save you. You've got to trust in Jesus' name. Trust in what he said and done. God says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. What great news is that? Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. This is the only information that can rescue us from our guilt before God, that Jesus has died for our sins and has risen from the dead. God says, whoever believes in him isn't condemned, but whoever doesn't believe is condemned already because he hasn't believed in the name of the only Son of God. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Whoever does not obey the Son will not see life, for the wrath of God remains on him. So, first thing to do, believe in his name. Receive Jesus as your Lord. Receive forgiveness and eternal life from him. Second thing, know that if you have called on the name of Christ, that his name is on you. You've taken it. You bear it wherever you go. You are his. That's in part what, what baptism means. right? It's a sign that God is putting his name on you. He's putting his seal on you. He's giving you the uniform of his army. It's a sign that you belong to him. And so when Jesus told Christians to make disciples, he said that we do it by baptizing them into the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Baptism puts God's name on you. If you've received Christ, if you've trusted in him, you wear his name. The name of the Lord is on you. You wake up and see your family. The name of the Lord is on you. You go to work. The name of God is on you. You see people at the store or at a restaurant. The name of God is on you. Go to the bathroom. His name is on you. Second thing, know this. If you have received Christ, you belong to him. His name is written on you. All right, three, gather in his name. All right, third application, gather in his name, like we're doing now. And what I mean by gather in his name, I mean go to church. All right, listen, listen to how God defines church. To those sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints together with all those who in every place call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. All right, what's a church? It's basic brass tacks. What's a church? It's a group of people that are committed to gather together to hear Jesus' name and call on Jesus' name. That's it. It's a group of people hear from Jesus, call to Jesus. In chapter 16, it says that, that Christians met the first day of every week in, in 1 Corinthians. That's what Scripture calls the Lord's Day. Christians, listen, we gather together because of the name of God. We gather to hear God's name. We gather to call on God's name like we're doing right now. You know that the average churchgoer in America goes to church once a month? Gathered for the sake of his name. How is that not taking God's name in vain? If that is you, if that does represent you, I'm so glad you're here. Also, stop it. Um, now, if you, if you do regularly go to church, don't be proud, right? It's, it's not hard to schedule something and go. 
But we do need to be purposeful. Are, are we prepared to receive God's name every Lord's Day and to call on his name? Is that what we're coming to expect? Or is it just a habit? What does it take to be prepared mentally and physically and, and spiritually and emotionally to hear and honor God's name as the body of Christ? Be asking that question. All right, so that was the third thing. Fourth thing, pray for his name. All right? Pray for his name. God taught us how to pray. The first request of the, the prayer known as the Lord's Prayer is, hallowed be your name. And no one says the word hallow, unless you're talking about Halloween. But to hallow means to sanctify. It means to treat as holy, to make known, to glorify. God tells us to ask him to hallow his name. In other words, we're asking God to make his name known and honored so let's, let's pray like this. That's the first thing he taught us to pray. Let's pray like this. If you need help learning to pray, ask one of the elders to pray with you. There's no better way to learn how to pray than to pray with other people. So it can be a little embarrassing. That's totally fine. That's why elders in a church exist. So ask for help. Like, look, glorifying God is the point of life. It's also the point of prayer. So, let's do it. Five, um, behave in a way that fits Christ's name. All right, behave in a way that fits Christ's name. So, Colossians 3 says, whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. Okay, you might be asking the question, how do we do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus? You could have a whole sermon about that, and we won't. But let me just say this. It's on purpose. Like, it, it doesn't happen by accident. Right? You've actually got to choose to do things in the name of the Lord Jesus, to represent him. So, with this, I'll just say this. Read Titus 2. There's some homework. All right? And, and look at, in Titus 2, how many of God's instructions are about making God's name known. All right? So, homework, read that, and let's do it. Six, confess God's name. Confess Christ's name. God intends that, in Luke 24, God intends that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations. Hebrews 13 says this, Through him, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. He's not just telling us to worship him in church there. He, he defines that praise. He says, that is the fruit of lips that confess his name. We're under obligation to name Christ publicly, to tell people about repentance and the forgiveness of sins, to tell people about Jesus's death and his resurrection and his return. Again, this is hard. And again, this is why elders exist. So if you need help or if you want training in this, talk to an elder Get that on your calendar and say, like, help me learn how to name Jesus publicly. I love the fact that your church is doing this Tuesday cruise thing. What's it called? Cruise night. That's awesome. I love it. I'm so encouraged by that. Praise God. I am seriously thanking God for that. That's so great. Um, do that. 
talk to Scott, talk to the other elders about, okay, what does it look like to do this at work? What does this look like to do this around my, my family that doesn't know Christ, right? Um, I'm often asked, what, what do you do like when somebody uses God's name or Jesus' name as profanity you know, around you? Well, it should grieve you. That's the first thing that it should do. It, it should grieve you. It should make you sad. Our reaction shouldn't be to not be offended. But our, our reaction also shouldn't be to just fix their behavior. Our reaction should be to hear God's name being used in vain, grieve, and then use God's name accurately. Our, our reaction should be to confess Christ. All right, seven. Expect people to be mad at you. All right? Matthew 10, you will be hated by all for my name's sake. Matthew 24, they'll deliver you up to tribulation and put you to death, and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. Matthew 5, blessed are you when others insult you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Look, if you bear God's name as he intends, there will be one of three responses. People will either trust Jesus, and they will, praise God, or they will have questions and want a dialogue, or they're going to be mad. We need to expect that third option to happen sometimes. We need to expect lots of people to hate us, not because we're, we're jerks, right? I didn't, don't be a jerk. I'm just going to say that. Don't be a jerk. But we should be expecting people to hate us because we're weird. It's weird to name Jesus. Right? So expect people to be mad. Number eight, beware of talking about God or what he's done with anything but reverence. Beware of that. Leviticus 22 says, They shall therefore keep my charge, lest they bear sin for it and die thereby when they profane it. To profane God's name means to treat it like it's just another name, like it's normal, like it's something less than the very word of God. So let's be careful about how we speak, about God. Not just about the word God, but about anything having to do with God. For our God is a consuming fire. And nine, and I worked for a missions agency, so you knew this was coming, right? But send missionaries where Jesus isn't named. Third John says to send people well who have gone out for the sake of the name. All right? Why do we send people? Why do missionaries go out? Because there are places in the world, there's a lot of places in the world where Christ's name isn't even known at all. We send people there to name him, to glorify his name, so that others will know his name, call on his name, honor his name, and worship his name. The apostles existed to give us the Bible, basically, and the Bible exists, Romans 1, to bring about the obedience of faith for the sake of his name among all the nations. So, church, listen, prepare to send your best. Prepare to send the people you like the most not the people that are kind of awkward, right? Send the people you like the most. Be prepared to send your kids. There should, there should be some tears because people you love are going to name Christ where he's not been named. All right. That was a lot of suggestions, right? Let me summarize really quick, and we'll be done. Summary. So pick one, pick two, 
make a decision and say, like, all right, I'm going to start doing this today. Number one, call on Jesus' name to forgive and save you. Number two, thank God for putting his name on you. Number three, resolve to never miss church. Number four, pray for God's name. If you need it, ask an elder to pray with you and teach you how. Five, make sure your behavior reflects Christ's name. Homework, read Titus 2, which will literally take like 30 seconds, so you can, you can do this. Six, brainstorm ways to confess Christ's name. Again, ask an elder for help if you need it. They exist to equip the saints. That's part of their call. Equipping means training, so ask for help, like, like today. Seven, think about, is, are there people in your life who are going to be mad at you if you talk about Jesus? And then be okay with it. Eight, consider if there's anything in your language that needs to change in the way that you talk about God that needs to change. Nine, be a missionary, support missionaries, send the people you like most to go name Christ where he's not been named. Why all this? Because you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Let's pray in response. Father, thank you for putting your name in Christ on us. We ask you to make your name known, make yourself known, make your word known. Use our words, use our obedience, keep us in your name forever. And it is because the name of Jesus that we can pray. Amen.